Welcome to today's Meet the Artist interview presented by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. I'd also like to welcome our online listeners who are accessing this program through our website, sfballet.org. Today is Sunday, February 6th, and we are in the War Memorial Opera House before a matinee performance of Program 2 of San Francisco Ballet's 2011 repertory season, which includes Sir Frederick Ashton's Symphonic Variations, Yuri Posikov's Raku, and George Balanchine's Symphony in C. My name is Jennifer Kavakovich. I'm the Board Relations Manager for San Francisco Ballet, and it's my pleasure to interview Courtney Elizabeth. Courtney was a student <laughs> in San Francisco Ballet School. <laughs> she became an apprentice in 2002 and joined the Corps de Ballet in 2003, and she was just recently promoted to soloist. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later in this interview, but I would like to jump right in to talk about today's program. Courtney dances in both uh, Symphonic Variations and Symphony in C. I do. And uh, you said to me the other day that they're both gut busters, but in very different ways. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for being here on this gorgeous Super Bowl Sunday and coming out to support the ballet. We really appreciate it. <laughs> we can call it Super Ballet Sunday. Super Ballet Sunday. Uh, these are really three super works, so you're in for a treat. Um, I think both, I, I dance symphonic variations and symphony in C, and as you said, they're both, you just want to kind of become a puddle on the floor by the end of both of them, and for different reasons. I think um, symphonic is six dancers, and it's a 20-minute piece, and you do not leave the stage. Not one of the six dancers leave the stage. And the focus changes between, you know, dancers. So there's sometimes where you have a break, but if you notice, during the dancers' breaks, they're actually standing on one leg on the side and you know, just looking poised and trying to get your heart rate down. <laughs> um, and you know, in Symphony in C, each movement, I think, has a different demand to it. First movement, um, there's a lot of point work, and it's really long. It's probably about 10 minutes, as is second movement. And then the third movement, which I did last night, is all Grand Allegro, which is huge jumps, and you do all the same jumps as the man does, so you're just trying to keep up with him. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're both extremely, extremely difficult, and you're supposed to make it look easy, so that's definitely the challenge of this program. Now, the two ballets are also very different styles, um, and you've said before that, well, first, could you explain a little bit about those different styles? Sure. So I've never done a Frederick Ashton ballet before, and uh, he was a royal ballet choreographer. And um, for me, it was it was so precise. The movement, um, instead of being able to just kind of you know fling your arm up there in a pretty manner, you're, you have to hit the perfect position, and your fingers have to be very simple. The head is very very simple, and it's it's very very stylized. And I think that's what makes it really difficult is when you're really tired, you can't really use your upper body to help you get through it you're, because you're getting to these very specific positions. And uh, for me, that was a real big challenge because I like you know, contemporary movement, kind of taking it where I want to go. But to be very, very, very specific. And Wendy Ellis Soames was the, um, the woman who came and, and said it. And she was just fabulous because it would always, it would always be, more, more, darling, no less. 
No, no more, darling. Wait, no, a little less, because you're just constantly trying to find that perfect position and the, per the perfect amount of performance, yet understatement. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely an Ashton style that I'd never uh, been familiar with before. And then Symphony C is, you know, just quintessential Balanchine, um, which is just very, I don't know, audience-oriented and, uh, you know, broad and um, just tons of apomas, as extreme as you can get. So very, very different. Sometimes we all think our brains are going to short circuit. <laughs> what are we, hands here or hands here or here? <laughs> Stuff like that. Now, if that's an interesting comment that you say your brain might short circuit. Is it more of a mental challenge in some ways than a physical challenge? That's a really good question. I think, you know, San Francisco Ballet, our repertoire is so diverse. You know, we're also switching off with Giselle right now, which is a whole nother style. So I think it is definitely a mental challenge to prepare for what you're going to do and, and how you prepare for it. You know, for symphonic, it starts off slowly. There's some just some nice slow movement, and by the end, it's just building and building and building. Whereas, you know, for me, third movement symphony in C, it is shot out of a cannon. You just come out of the wing doing big jumps after a 10-minute adagio. So you're kind of in the wing, and it's all nice and quiet, and then it's just bam. So definite mental and physical differences in preparation. Mm -hmm. Now, you said uh, in a blog post you mentioned that balancing your training had more of a balancing influence. So is that a little bit more your native land? Is it harder then to, to try some of these new styles? I had a, I had a harder time or a, a more of a challenge getting, getting um, into the, the Ashton style, I think, because, because of that, yeah, my teachers were Jean-Pierre Bonfou and Patricia McBride, who were... Um, colleagues with Helgi when the, in New York City Ballet. So I do have that balancing background. And um, I've done Symphony in C. I did the first and third movement core several years ago. So I was familiar with that ballet. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Bruce Sansom, our ballet master, was awesome. He taught it. He taught symphonic to us our first week back in July after a six-week uh, break. And we all thought it was just the hardest ballet we had ever done. <laughs> We'd come out of there red-faced, and I just thought, wow, is one of the most challenging things, again, with that style of kind of being contained a little bit, and yet, you know, being full out in what you do. That's so interesting, because I think viewing it, there's something so lyrical and, and meditative about so much of it. I know, I'm not sure I would have thought that it was such a... right a physical challenge. I remember, I think Symphonic was done here maybe... It's 2004 and okay, 2005. I was going to say, four or five years ago, I was in the company, I didn't learn it before, but I saw, you know, Tina LeBlanc and Vanessa Zahorian, they were, they were in there doing that, and I remember thinking, oh, it's, it's a pretty ballet, <laughs> and then you go backstage and you see their reaction afterwards and see how hard it is and how much effort they had to put into that. I think it's deceiving because it is. It's very. It's very beautiful, and uh, it seems very simple, but you know, it's oh, it's a gut buster. Uh, now you mentioned that you started learning the ballet back in July mm -hmm. uh, with Bruce Sansom, the uh, ballet master and assistant to the artistic director. 
And then Wendy Ellis Soames came about a month ago to, That's to work right. on a ballet. Now Wendy is actually the rights holder of this ballet um, and uh, has danced in it, but she's, all, she's the custodian of the ballet, and she's, uh, which she describes as being, she's responsible to make sure that the ballet looks as the choreographer intended. So she's very personally invested too in this mm -hmm. ballet. Now can you talk about what that was like to revisit this ballet that you'd learned so many months ago with Wendy? Well, I think Bruce danced this ballet when he was with Royal, and so he, he knew exactly what we were going through. He knew how hard it was, and so he knew the perfect amount of when to say, okay, take it easy, or he knew when, it's like, you guys, you gotta push it, you gotta go for it. So that was a, that was a really good introduction to the, the piece. And then when Wendy came, you know, she kind of reminded me of Mary Poppins, you know, it just had to be practically perfect in every way. And you could tell that this ballet was so near and dear to her heart and that, you know, she just wanted us to feel the same way about it. And, you know, we would do the opening section, you know, for almost an hour just talking about where our hands should be, where our head should be, and just like the slightest difference between your chin here and your chin here. And I, I think... I got a lot out of that, just um, feeling really well rehearsed and really well prepared for a piece. And you'll see how important it is for the dancers to really be in sync. And uh, I think it works the best as a whole when e everyone is that finely tuned to one another and to the style. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was great working with her. What kinds of things did she tell you about the ballet? Well, one of the things she kept telling me, which I, when I first learned it, for me, it was almost like I had to tone down that I'm going to perform this. It's, you know, this a performance time. And, you know, she, she said, you know, you have to perform it. You have to have a, she kept saying, ah, like a, like a breath to it. And she had such a pleasant look on her face because it's not a big smiley ballet, but at the same time, it is so pleasant. And I think what she gave us the most was just that, that aura, that, uh, the ambiance that we needed to feel while we were doing it, um, which is, you know, hard to do when you're concentrating on just breathing and getting through it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that was one of the, the best things that she would tell us about it. Now, you mentioned um, how important it is to be together with your fellow dancers on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think in the program notes, Sarah Van Patten says, you talked about that as well. And she's, um, now going back to your recent promotion, you were actually cast in this ballet when you were a member of the Corps de Ballet. That's right. And does it change something now for you um, as a soloist? Or do you, um, is there a different kind of pressure you feel dancing the role? Or do you feel that, being accustomed to, to working as one body, that you have maybe an advantage or? Well, you know, a lot of people have asked me that question, do you feel different now? <laughs> and I've got to say, not at all. <laughs> I really don't, I, I feel really proud of all the, the things that I've done here and just really blessed as to all the, like, I think each performance and each ballet that you get to perform is a gift. It's, you know, no one's entitled to anything. I, you don't deserve anything, really, I, I think. So everything is a gift. And um, so I, I don't feel any different. I've, I 
it was definitely like a, a confidence boost. Um, and I definitely do feel that pressure, you know, to keep pushing and keep working hard. It's not that, you know, this is the ceiling. So, um, yeah, feel good. Great. I'd like to turn a little bit back to uh, Symphony in C. And mm -hmm. could you tell a little bit to our audience about the different movements and um, the diff how they are? <laughs> yeah, I think Symphony in C is probably one of the, the most complicated ballets to stage because there's a lot of people and there's there's four movements. Each movement is like its own separate ballet and you know, you've got the core and then you've got demi-soloists and then you've got a principal couple. And I think all those elements are what makes it so stunning. The, the patterns are wonderful and the way that Balanchine uses the echoes of different movements within the core and the demis and the principles and how those all kind of weave together. The more I've seen the ballet, the more I can appreciate, oh, I saw that step in the other movement, maybe slower, or maybe it was a jump, but now it's you know on point, or something like that. Um, first movement, I would say, is just quintessential point work, uh, classical ballet. And second movement is just, it's stunning, it's beautiful, um, a long adagio. And third movement is when you kind of wake up again and just there's lots of jumps and fourth movement kind of ties everything together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's great because it's just, it's a huge cast that it's kind of uniform because even the, the, the demis and the principals, they all have, you know, the white stunning tutus. And so sometimes I just get lost in, in the beauty of how all the different patterns are working and uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite ballets to watch. Great. Um, now between these two ballets with the women in white and, and really very spare decor and, mm -hmm. and overall um, appearance, we have this ballet Raku. Now I won't put you two on the spot since you're not in that ballet, no. but can you tell our audience a little bit about what they can expect? Well, I'll preface this by saying last season I was, I think it was an every single ballet. So um, I had the pleasure of being able to watch Raku knowing not, almost nothing about it and seeing it, it's just like a fresh perspective and see, and I've worked with Yuri many, many times and I think he's just genius. Um, I love his process and I think every piece that he has given this company is so unique. It's just so creative and um, I think as you said, this is, it's in between two very white classical pieces and it's, it's visually just stunning, you guys. You're in for a treat. Um, I think his ballet, the, the concepts, all of the concepts have come together in such a way as to just make you feel something. It's, um, it's a very emotional piece and um, I think you know, he paid so much attention to the details of the costumes and the lighting and the sets and the story and the music is incredible. And I, don't, I think you just can't help but be moved by it. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for you to see it. And what are you excited about dancing later on in the season? Oh gosh. Um, we have Artifact Suite coming up again, which is an incredible piece, um, always a really powerful one to perform. Um, I'm very much looking forward to Coppelia as well. It's a very, very fun piece. And um, Helgi originally danced it with my old teacher, Patty McBride. So um, it's fun to 
to know that and see what that was. And um, I also am really looking forward to Chroma by Wayne McGregor, which uh, he's the choreographer who did Eden Eden a few years ago. And I think this piece is extremely different from Wayne McGre uh, from Eden Eden, but at the same time, you can see his fingerprint on it. And uh, was, it's a blast. I'm excited for that one, too. So those are just a few off the top of my head. Now, that one sounded kind of intense. Again, on your uh, blog post on um, uh, Open Studio 455, which you can reach, again, through our website, you, it sounded like that was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, um, you know, you use your usual ballet muscles every day and you know you kind of know where you're gonna get sore and you know if your toes are hurting but chroma you know, it's in flat shoes so it's it's different but it's it was such a total body experience learning it and it doesn't have a classical vocabulary at all so you know we were just trying to instead of saying we're going to do this jump and this arm you're just kind of moving around <laughs> and um, being thrown around and doing these deep lunges and things where I found muscles I didn't know I had. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And once again, my guest is Courtney Elizabeth, a soloist with the company. Um, I have some time to take some questions from the audience now. I will repeat the questions, so do help me out by keeping them short uh, and concise so that I can do justice when I repeat them. Does anybody have a question for Courtney? The question is, what is Courtney's recovery routine going from a gut buster in one ballet to being shot out of a cannon in another? Well, the first thing I would say is lots of water. <laughs> um, I also, even though you know it's 70 degrees outside, I like to stay wrapped up with like three layers of leg warmers and scarves and jackets to really keep um, my body temperature warm so that my muscles cramp a little bit less. Um, I also love drinking coconut water. Um, it has tons of potassium and it rehydrates you and it's all natural. So I definitely drink a lot of coconut water. Um, also, it's, I think it's important to cool down well. So kind of, we always say walk it off and, uh, and not just you know stop on a dime, but really kind of cool down. I think that helps my muscles a lot. Um, yeah. question is who is Courtney's favorite partner wow that's a hard one I've just <laughs> um, I've had the opportunity of working with some really amazing people I love dancing with my husband um, Matt Stewart he's amazing and we don't dance together all that much but when we do it's really special um, I've had the opportunity this year to work with Vitor Luis um, on Helgi's new premiere, which I'm not gonna give too much away about, but he taught me a lot. And he's one of those guys who, you know, we were doing a lot of lifts and he'd say, let's try it again. Come on, let's try it again. And I really respect that in a man who is lifting you over his head, <laughs> who's willing to just, okay, let's do it again, let's do it again. And I'm, are you sure, are you okay? And yeah, so he's taught me a whole lot and, um, Gosh, I've gotten to work a lot with Quinn Morton as well, who's amazing. We, um, we did Little Mermaid together in The Sea and the Storm, which is 
you know, it's kind of background, but it is extremely hard partnering and um, for Chroma as well, where those are both ballets where I felt like I was beating him up a whole lot, like, you know, giving him a black eye and hitting him and kicking him and, and you know, he's, he's just, he's great to work with as well, so. But I mean, every partner I've ever danced with is amazing, so <laughs> these guys are awesome in this company. So the question is, how does it feel being married to a twin? <laughs> um, Matt and Ben Stewart both danced with the company here. And um, Ben actually joined a couple of years after Matt. So I met Matt, and I knew Matt really well before I even met Ben. So when I met Ben, it, I didn't even see them as even looking alike because their, their personalities are so completely different. Um, ben is also married to a lovely lady, and um, I, th I think it's really fun. They have a very special connection, and uh, it's, it's really cool to see that in, in twins. Um, so they're very close, and we're close with them. It's really fun. question is if you have a preference between full-length ballets or shorter works. That's a great question. I think, you know, a few years ago I would have said, absolutely, I prefer all the short works. Absolutely. Um, but in the last few years I've been given some opportunities in the full-length ballets that I've really treasured because they've really challenged me as an artist. Um, Classical ballet has never been my absolute strength. I've always felt more comfortable in dramatic or contemporary things. And um, Helgi's given me some great opportunities to really work on my classical training and technique. And I think doing Swan Lake last year, um, I did the pas de trois, which was um, one of the first things that really, I, I was very proud of myself for you know, being able to get that out there and do a classical variation. And um, also, I think, you know, Don Q and, and Giselle, I had some really great roles that were very challenging to me. Um, that said, I still really do love the, the shorter rep programs because of the diversity in them and generally the more contemporary feel of the pieces. I generally do like those better. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned um, the dramatic work that you do, because when I hear the question about full length versus a shorter work, often we think of story ballets and the dramatic characterizations that happen there. Um, and so it was interesting to hear you answer it more in terms of the, uh, the style of dancing. Um, but you do do a lot of, uh, of dramatic work. Um, some of your roles yeah. are uh, in Ibsen's house, for example, or um, West Side Story Suite even. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk about those works, the abstract versus the, the narrative works? That's interesting that you said that the full lengths are more dramatic, which is absolutely true. I think um, at a soloist level, a lot of the times we are, the roles that I do within a full length are the divertisements or the entertainment. So I feel like those are more standalone, which is probably why I don't associate drama for me with the full length. Um, but yeah, I, I always relish the kind of dramatic things. Um, yeah, West Side Story, Fancy Free was so much fun. Those, 
come to my head right away. Um, and Nana's lead is coming up in the next program, which is a lot of fun in a very different way. It's very dramatic as well. Um, so I'm going to have an opportunity, opportunity to do that as well. The question is uh, about Wendy Ellis Soames, if she's related to Michael Soames. Uh, yes, I believe she's his widow. Mm -hmm. Sorry? The question is, um, were there any other companies besides San Francisco Ballet that you uh, thought about trying to join? Yeah. You know, San Francisco, I'm from North Carolina to start off with, um, and San Francisco Ballet came to the Spoleto Festival in Charleston, South Carolina when I was maybe 12 or 13. And for some reason, I just set my sights on San Francisco Ballet. I don't know. I really have no reason why. I didn't know anything about the company. I didn't know anything about the repertoire. Um, I did dance a little bit with North Carolina Dance Theater um, in my teens because the school that I was at was associated with the company, so I kind of did some filler work there. And I also um, danced a little bit with Chautauqua Ballet in the same kind of respect, being, being uh, added into the core for some of their bigger works. Um, and I know my parents would have loved me to stay a little bit closer on the East Coast, but I just feel so blessed that I ended up out here. It's been an incredible experience. We have time for one more. Uh, the question was inspired by noticing some of the men growing uh, facial hair for certain roles in Giselle. Are there any um, restrictions or guidelines that are imposed on the dancers to, uh, to meet the needs of, a, of the repertory? Well, first off, the Hilarians, as far as I know, are all clean shaven, and that's just really, really good makeup. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't feel like there's any real restriction um, as far as what we can do with our hair. I, I, there's a lot of dancers who wear their hair very short and then just, you know, have the hair people kind of put on a fake bun and it looks gorgeous. And so, not that I'm aware of. I think that everything's okay. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today, but I'd like to thank our guest, Courtney Elizabeth. And thanks to you, of course, our audience. And I encourage you to visit our website, sfballet.org, for more information, including videos, photos, podcasts of this and other interviews, and links to our blog, Studio 455, where you'll find posts from Courtney and other artists. So thank you once again, and please enjoy the performance. Thank you.